I'm David Walt. I'm Richie Mackay. You are listening to the Wrong Buyers Balls podcast. On today's show, we have England international Devon Cooper, who has moved up north and is studying at Durham University. So it's going to be interesting to talk to Devon about her move, how she settled in, and how her board's career is going. And uh, we'll have our regular slots, which will be the seven up questions that we will be putting to Devon. Uh, we'll have Richie's roundup. And on today's podcast, we've, we've got an extra bonus. And we will be speaking to Louis Rideout and Sophie Tolchard, who have been out in Australia competing in the World Champion of Champions. And it's great to have them on the show and discuss how they got on, how they found conditions and just some general Australia chat so we're over the moon to have them on as well. Uh, We'll be covering some emails and tweets that we've had during the week and we'll be having our regular competition which again we say thank you to Alex Marshall Sports and there'll be another prize on offer this week. And we'll be doing a little Scottish Open International chat and talking about World Bowls Tour rankings. Well Mr Mackay so we Recorded our first podcast last week. We went live on Friday, and so far, so good. We've had some really nice comments. Been all good, mate. All positive feedback. People's enjoyed it. Uh, we're getting loads of hits on the the actual website. People have been listening. I think we've brought the hundred listens, which which is good. Cracking, cracking start, mate. I've enjoyed it. I must admit, I was like a I was like a kid at Christmas once I'd heard of the recorded version and the edited version that you'd done because uh, I think we had a, a five day wait before it went live, and I was itching to, to get it on there just to see what people think. And and we said it last week. We, we genuinely hope that this is something that people enjoy listening to, will use to to promote the club or, or talk to us about anything they like. And as we said last week, if it's not for you, then, you know, switch off. Um, but we hope that's not the case and we hope that we bring something new each week or each show and and, and push this forward. I think it's, a, it's been a great thing. For anybody who's listening, after we finished the recording last week... We went out into the Jack Clark Centre and Davies National Force was actually playing, which is actually a five-man squad, which is why he was doing the podcast. Now, all I'm saying is that we're getting beat 14-1 and he was on to his agent looking for other options. <laughs> Can you deny that or not, mate? I think they must have seen the uh, look of anger in my face as I walked out because they didn't half sharp turn it around and managed to get through by about five in the end, I think. So, yeah, it was... Uh, it was a little bit of a shock, and, and from the distance, I actually thought it was nineteen one. So fourteen was quite, fourteen was actually a bonus. <laughs> well, yeah, I think I must have a little bit of uh, influence there because when we walked out, they only dropped another shot, so that was good. Uh, tremendous, man! I was laughing my head off all the way home. Richie's roundup. The first of the WBT events took place this week as the Scottish International Open was held at Perth. The title went to Scotland's Paul Foster, who beat Nicky Brett in straight sets. It's worth mentioning the quarterfinals featured seven of the eight top-ranked WBT players. The next tour event is the World Championships in January at the Potters Resort. Speaking of the Potters Resort, the Open Singles Circuit Grand Final Weekend takes place on November the 22nd, with the top 32 ranked players from last year's event going head-to-head. The Open Singles Circuit arrives in the northeast at the end of November as Durham hosts its annual event. Currently they have 46 entries. That's, they are looking for another 16. Anybody interested could contact the club. Entry fee is £23.50p. There is also the opportunity to see some of the up-and-coming stars of the game as the IBC World Junior Championships arrive at West Denton in December. The format will feature 20 men, 20 women who will compete in singles and a mixed pairs event. Tickets cost £2 a day, or you can get a special five-day ticket for £6. 
It starts on December the 2nd at 5pm and runs right the way through till December the 6th. We'll stick the ticket details on our Facebook page. And on today's show, we've got Devon Cooper, England International, and Devon has um, just moved up to the north. Thank you for coming on the show, Devon. How are you? Yeah, I'm good, thank you. Good, good. How are you settling into the north and the Durham University? I believe you've um, you've just started a course there. Yeah, it's busy, but I like it there. And what is it you're doing? Uh, chemistry and physics. Chemistry and physics. So you've actually moved to Hartlepool Indoor Bowling Club as well, haven't you? Yeah. Yeah, so... Um, Understandable. You've got, um, I think, you're playing with Daniel Martinson and um, Lauren Mosley down there as yeah, well, aren't you, in the Nationals? Going to take some beating, that's for certain. So how's things been? How's it been, that little bit of a, a bit of a change coming up from, from down south and coming up to the, the bitterly cold north and playing, <laughs> yeah, playing right. balls up here? It's been difficult to get used to like, the change of moving up by myself. But yeah, I, I bet it. it's good. And things settling, are you settled in all right, Hartlepool, have they made you welcome? Yeah, yeah, they've been really good. Yeah, they're a nice club. They are a nice club. So, I think for anybody who's listening, I think um, certainly they would be quite interested to find out when you started, why you started, and why you actually play this sport. I started when I was six. I went down to the club with my nan for an open day and then just loved it. And I had a junior section there. There was about 20 of us going on a Saturday morning. So just started that and then enjoyed it and carried on. You're not doing too bad at it so far, are you? No. I know Mr Mackay there has just been looking through your achievements and I think he got sick after the 14th page. <laughs> I'll tell you what, I'll take some keeping track of that, tell you, tell you, me. Is any any more members of your family play by any chance? Or? Uh, mum started after me, just because right. she was down the bowls club all the time. And my brother played for a bit, but he doesn't anymore. She's been one of your one of your followers for a long time. I've seen you, I've seen you mother yeah. did a lot of things. And, and one of the games that I... I particularly remember playing against you was in the in the mixed pairs national finals kind of it was can't remember where it was but it was somewhere down south and I couldn't walk for three days after that because <laughs> I have never ever seen a lead performance like you put on that day I mean poor Jackie who I was playing with um didn't play badly in any shape or form but I think I still went away three and four down every end um and you played with Tony for quite a while haven't you uh yeah I think that was the first year we played together was when we played you yeah. We played together a few years after that as well. How far did you get that year? Was it quarters or semis you got to that year? We got to the semis. Yeah, and that you'd have been 15, that'd uh, be right? I think so, yeah. Was it 14-year-old when you won your first national title? Yeah, right. Senior national pairs. title of pairs, yeah, that one, that was just phenomenal. <laughs> you know, to do, to do what you've done at your age is most people's lifetime ambition it's just just ridiculous to be honest with you and first time I saw you and like I say I played against you um, I think that personally if you if you want to continue in the sport the world's your oyster because yeah. you could go on to do absolutely anything you want Commonwealth Games outdoors which is uh, I thankfully had the experience of you could you could probably go at the next 10 um, you've got that that many years ahead of you is that something that you obviously see for yourself is it is it a sport that obviously you obviously love it are you going to continue is it have you got ambitions to uh, to go as far as you can yeah i definitely like to play in the commonwealth i got the chance to one year and want to carry on and see how much i can do really do you think you would have taken the sport up had it still been when i first started you used to wear the white gloves the starch hats the or oh, the lovely gray skirt <laughs> would that have enticed you to take up the game of balls probably not i only started because there was loads of juniors about me i don't think i would have started otherwise and that's i mean again i think i think a lot of people would be really interested in know and it's sometimes a hard question to answer but what what is it about playing balls that you enjoy so much i think the social side like most other sports you don't really get it with bowls like there's just everyone about you have a drink afterwards and you just get to know loads of new friends and that junior section, obviously, you said was the 20, did you say? Yeah, about that. 
how did that come about? Was it was it something that had been ran for quite a while? And how did the have a lot of those juniors stuck together? Because it is something that clubs really really scratch their heads with because. You know, they all talk about the want to bring juniors into the game. They see that as being the future in the game. But the hardest part is a lot of the juniors have got so much ahead for, ahead of themselves in their life. I mean, for you, obviously, you've you've got university now, but you'll still be able to manage to play balls in between. But you see so many juniors who start but then disappear. Did you find that that group who you were playing with is there still quite a lot of them playing now? Uh, yeah, there's the main few. There's obviously me, Rachel, and Glenn that still play from that section. There's a few others. A lot of them gave it up when they got a bit older, but there's always new ones coming through until you sort of get into the Etten and Denny and then you move on. Yeah, and do you think the fact that obviously yourself, Rachel and Glenn were playing and pushing towards international standard, do you think that was something that kept driving you to want to get better and better? Because, you know, without disrespect, if you were playing in a group who, who weren't pushing you on a daily basis, I think sometimes it's quite easy to, to lose your focus and, and maybe not have the interest. But when you've got people like that around you who are your friends as well I think it's a it's a, a big way to obviously keep your own focus and try and keep pushing to get yeah, better there's always that rivalry between us we're all good friends but we're always wanting to win and beat each other yeah is that I've no doubt you'll have played against both of them before yeah do you completely switch off and forget that they're actually your friends and just yeah. play them as a as when a you're on the green there for your competitor and you're off again you have a chat and a laugh yeah, it's amazing how many people actually struggle with that when they play the friends. Some people will will go straight down that line of today you you're not not my friend, but you're my competitor yeah. today. You know, yeah. you try hardest against your mates because you you didn't want them to have one over. Yeah, that's it. I think you can get a little bit comfortable as well and sort of chatting during the game yeah. and lose your focus and things. But so do I want to give you a flashback here? Runners up in the singles the last three years. <laughs> yeah, twenty one twenty yeah. the last twice. Yeah. Is it go- are we going to be this year? Uh, I hope so. Yeah. I mean, it's be harder to qualify this year with Lauren and Danny in the area, but I hope I get there and see how far I go. I bet you couldn't believe when you lost 21 20 for the second time. No, well, my last bow I thought I'd got the shot with. Did <laughs> you? The second time, yeah. Must have been gutted. Absolutely yeah, gutted. Definitely. Was it Michelle Corbin? Uh, was Michelle it? was the first year and then Janice the second. Because I think you'd got a 20 against Michelle. 2016, I think it was, yeah. Flashbacks, mate. She was just getting yeah. over it. Sending therapy. Yeah, we'll send you straight back. Yeah. It's, in some respects, I think you will learn a lot, or you must have learned a lot from it, because yeah. you get to that position, and, and we've all been there when you when you're starting to become competitive. And one of the biggest lessons I think you learn is how to get over the line, because sometimes a lot of players will see that line too quickly and chase a shot rather than just do what you've done to get mm. those 20 shots in the first place. So I know it's it's probably hard to take and you know, you've know you got, as we've said, so many years ahead of you, but in the long term, I think you'll gain a lot yeah. from, from that happening because that experience is just going to put you in a you know a lot more solid frame of mind. Some people, if it had happened, could probably crumble um, and maybe not back it up and, and go and do it again. But the fact that you've done it three times now, uh, if you don't do it for the fifth time, I would think about maybe taking something up of chess or something. <laughs> and you must be chuffed to get your first call up for England outdoors yeah yeah I was really I didn't really expect it being away as well not being able to attend the trial but I was sort of over the moon especially outdoors which I'm definitely a stronger player indoors 
Do you think so, yeah? Yeah, yeah. I think that's a good thing. I think that's what they've done a lot of recently. Once upon a time, if you missed a trial, you just weren't considered at all. But I think they are using a little bit of common sense. I mean, they just cannot, they cannot leave players of your calibre or quality out of the team just because you can't particularly make a day. Yeah. One day is not going to determine whether you're a good bowler or a bad bowler or not. So that's a good thing. What do you find is the reason for you being a better indoor bowler than out? I'm not sure, really. I think the consistency indoors is you can play the same line and know what it's going to do, but outdoors I struggle a bit more just because you're not sure what lines to play and I think it's more challenging working out a green. Does it frustrate you playing outdoors? Yeah, definitely. Especially yeah. when I know it, indoors are more consistent I expect to be the same outdoors. Yeah, you'll know yourself, Richie. Yeah, you know, we've played both for a lot of years and I, I've got to the point now where I just basically try, try my best not to worry at all about what happens outdoors because you just know that there is going to be a run or there's going to be a little tuft of grass or whatever it is that is just not going to give you the true ball so I, I tend to try and forget about nailing the jack on a regular basis you just want to try and you put four, four yeah. balls there or thereabouts but I know when, you, when you're indoors if you're so used to putting something so close and four balls close to the jack all the time it can be a little bit of a awful feeling when you're outdoors and you've, you kind of put a ball within a yard but you tend to find that you still pick shots up because yeah, everybody's in the same game. board which is why I enjoy outdoors I think it's great Jackaroos I'm not to believe did you play in the development test this year maybe uh, last year yeah. last year so yeah. I knew I was, no, I was good to get a fact wrong mate. <laughs> is that a good experience yeah well I think nobody plays over here like they do they always play everything with a yard and more positive so to see people play like that was a good experience yeah, you, you see them. The, the game streamed on Facebook, and they don't do much drawn, do they, as you say? They, no, they, everything's just over. But then they leave themselves with loads of shots yeah, after yeah. a couple of balls. Yeah, they don't uh, mess about. They, they don't leave heads lying, do they? I mean, yeah. you, you see them firing when they first pull up the green. I'm going, really? Yeah. <laughs> Is do you think that's because of the greens over there? I mean, I don't know. It's it's certainly a lot easier to just rip straight up the middle than it is to try and play that little pressing shot just for the simple fact again the greens are that fast out there it only takes a slight breeze across the green and it'll track your ball or it'll cut your ball across so they just take that out of the equation and just go straight through it we were always brought up um, to sort of build ahead and then play the shot but they sort of turn it on the head they play the shot and then build the head if you know mm-hmm. what I mean it's, and that's it'll be interesting to see actually how they how they cope when they come across the Commonwealth Games um, they seem to do well in the test not so, um, a few a couple of months ago, they've got Andy Thompson on board, who is basically going to be directing them and helping them um, with tactics and things like that. But I think once they get on uh, Leamington's greens, yeah, it's it's like us going across to there. You know, we we should by rights go on there and actually dominate them. Um, but it'll be it'll be really interesting to be honest. And you're on the shortlist for Woman of the Year, I do believe, under twenty yeah, fives as well. Are you on both or just the one? Just a junior one. Yeah. Just a junior one. I've voted for you, but didn't tell anybody. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I didn't tell anybody. Anybody else who wants to vote for uh, for Devon, how do you do? You just go onto the Balls England website. Is that the one? That's it. Yeah, that's it. And it's closed. I think it's announced on the twenty third of November. In, in Europe, you're in December again. Yeah, over in West Denton. Yeah, West Denton for, for the, the junior. Junior. Worlds. So the IBC thing. You played in that before. Only in the senior one. The last two years I played in that, but not the juniors. Right. Have you, play, have you been at West Denton yet since you've been up here? I played one oh. egg on game, yeah. That's right, you did. Find the green, all right? For half the time until the heating came on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's not it's not the worst green in the world. It can be a little bit tricky at times. No, that should be a really good event. Um, I'll certainly be going up to have a bit of a watch. And two bronze medals at the European Championships. Yeah, I think we were chuffed with that, especially yeah. me and Catherine, being such heavy greens and we're both indoor players to 
couple away with two bronzes. We didn't really expect that. Fantastic. And how well, did that? Where well, was the player at by the just Guernsey. Guernsey? Oh right, right. So how did that combination work between you and Catherine? Did you did you hit it off together? Yeah, well, we played for my first few international series. We've always played together and outdoors. That's good. She's always been my skip, so we got on well. And I think we both see the same sort of shots. Both fairly draw bowlers. So. Yeah, and it's very important as well. Obviously, compatibility between the two. It's um, it's really important when you get to those major championships. So some f- fantastic achievement for you both getting the bronze medal. Is that indoor trial coming up yeah, yeah. start of December where's that at that's oh, I'm not sure <laughs> 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 no, no, no. Just, she'll just do what I do just put the uh, postcode in the sat now the yeah. night before and we'll get there somehow get him in the right direction <laughs> right then I think we'll move on to our seven up questions um, so I've got seven questions for you Devon and just off the cuff just <laughs> don't think about them okay. too much so number one favourite green uh, could be indoor or outdoor been up in Melton. I like playing there when the indoors are at Melton. Melton Mowbray, yeah. What boards do you use? Playdays. Fruit salad of blackjacks. Uh, blackjacks. Best match you've ever played in? Probably would have to be one of the singles finals I've played in. The national singles yeah. finals. Anyone in particular? Uh, the one against Michelle, I think. Toughest opponent, either team or individual? Definitely Catherine. Catherine. Catherine Rendell, that is, yeah. Um, Marmite or Nutella? Nutella. Future ambition in the sport? Hopefully playing the Cornwall games one day. Fantastic, and that is your setting up questions. Would you hope to break into the TV side, as in like the, the World Bowls type thing? Uh, well, I've qualified for Potters in January, so oh, fantastic. that would be good if I can do well in that. Fantastic, is that the singles, lady singles? Yeah. Great stuff, oh, great stuff. Done me homework there, didn't I? <laughs> well done, Richie. <laughs> <laughs> Sack in the morning. <laughs> Get out. No, Taxi. Have you ever played on the portable ring? No, no. Yeah, it's a it's a good experience. It's a really good experience. You'll enjoy it. Um, it's tough. Just do not try and play timed runners because they are a nightmare. Draw, 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 and I'm sure you'll be fine. So that's great. Well, thank you very much, Devon, for coming thank on. Yep, thank it's been you. much appreciated. And all I can do is wish you every success up in the north. Hope you don't um, hope you don't find us too bad up here. And uh, best of luck with your season. I hope you, thank you. I hope you make it fourth time lucky in the singles. And if you get to twenty this time, just get the mat up the green, ditch the white with your first ball. Happy days, <laughs> shake hands. <laughs> Shake hands, you heard it first here. <laughs> if she's 20 20, she's on the back. Says, What did Bolty say? What did he say? <laughs> Fourth ball, she's standing there after three runners. <laughs> I'll I'll kill him. Him. You just wait, lads. <laughs> Thank, Thank you very you. much, Dan. Cheers. And it's competition time. The amount of answers that have come through on email to the to the percentage of people who's actually listened to the show is completely different, so it's a free competition. You've still got two or three days to enter that, but we will be doing a, a live draw on the show, on the Facebook page and on Twitter. Um, I think it's always nice that you show that it's not a fix, in my opinion, and we'll, we'll do that live by hey, video. Hey, hey, slander, slander. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. I was after my shirt. <laughs> so we will do that live. Uh, I'll just do it on a random number draw and every every email that's come in will get a number and you will see the draw. So the competition for this week, again we've got to say a massive thanks to Alex Marshall Sports who's once again providing yet another prize for us and this competition is going to be for an aero cloth and a monkey grip tin of polish which um, I believe comes in around about a £20 prize so it's a nice little stocking filler for Christmas. So a little bit different this competition, we're going to go for name the player. So what I need you to do is drop us an email on wrong.bias at hotmail.com 
and let me know who you think this very popular player is. He is English and he was born in 1991. He was the 2015 Bowler of the Year and he was also a part of the gold medal winning triple in the New Zealand World Championships in 2016. So for those of you who Google the last prize, which I'm quite confident you did because it'll have been a quick thing, you might have to do a little bit of th- a little bit of digging on this one. And as soon as you get the answer, drop it on the email. Again, you can drop it on Facebook or Twitter, but you're only going to give the answer away. Your choice. We will announce that winner on the next podcast as well, and we'll do a, a live draw for that one. You're listening to the Wrong Bias Podcast. Following their exploits down under, we catch up with England's Louis Rideout. And later in the show, Sophie Tolchard. Hello, Louis. How are you doing? I'm good, thank you. How's things? Yeah, not bad. Good stuff. Thank you for agreeing not to come bad, on. Thanks. Thank you for agreeing to come on to the podcast, mate. It's much appreciated. No worries. So, how did things go? What was it like out there? Yeah, it was very good. Very good, mate. Um, as you know, preparation time wasn't that nice. How how many days but, beforehand uh, were you there? One. Was that all? Yeah, I got there Saturday. Um, Saturday morning, practice Sunday, competition Monday. That's real, really hard work, that mind, to get out there and get um, yeah. prepared for those greens, isn't it? Yeah, very. Um, not easy, especially obviously using different bowls. Um, fortunately, I had the same bowls I used in the Commonwealth, so kind of had an idea what they were going to do. But still not easy. But uh, So overall, I was quite happy with how it planned out. Great stuff, mate. And on, I mean, on that basis, even more so, I should have said at the start of the call, congratulations on your bronze medal, mate. You've done a great job. Yeah, yeah, very good. I, I, you know, I was just going over there, hopefully, see how it panned out the first few days. Uh, as you know, I mean, everyone keeps saying, oh, the Australian Greens are lovely, we can't play over there, we, you can't play anywhere, but <laughs> it's not as simple as that. Without a doubt. Um, the, the pace, I mean, it was it was quick, it got so much quicker during the week. I mean, we had weather, when I got there, I think it was 22, but then it went up to 25, 29, 32, 34, and it got up to 38, the hottest day, and I mean, the Greens were just absolutely flying. Yeah, and imagine. Um, they, they didn't. They didn't water them once. I think they watered them on the uh, day before competition. Right. And so, that was it. And they just, they obviously, so it was tricky, but, you know, I was just see how they uh, take it day by day and had a good first couple of days and just uh, pushing on from there, really. So. Well, yeah, I, I imagine you were really disappointed to, to miss out on that automatic sort of qualifying for the semi-final spot through. Was it one set you missed out on uh, to yeah, Mark well, O'Hagan? Yeah, there was a bit of confusion. Yeah, there was a bit of confusion about that because... Um, I had a buy the last session, so I was looking at the league table before I left because we thought we'd get away from the club. We'd been there so long. We, we had a afternoon just out exploring Adelaide, and uh, I was reading the rules before I um, uh, left and uh, looking at the group stage, and I thought if he, if he lost the set, I'd be top. So I was keeping an eye on the score when I was out, and I saw he lost the uh, first set, and I was thinking, well, my shot difference was a lot a lot higher than him. And as the rules were before I read, uh, before I left, sorry, that shots was, would go in front of tied sets. Right. So the rules that I got sent through were, um, and we all got sent through apparently, were uh, the points. Yeah. Then if the points were the same, it would go on sets one. Then if sets one were the same, which they were, it would go on shots. Yeah. And my shots were plus 30 more than uh, Mark's of England, Scotland. Um, then we heard that Scotland went top of the group. So I went to check the rules. The rules got taken off the website. Hour and a half later, the rules went back up and they changed the rules. Yeah, the, the shots went below uh, tied sets. 
which in a, in a way, I mean, you can understand, but that's, I don't see how you can change the rules halfway for the tournament. I was going really, to say, yeah, in some respects, you don't you don't play the tournament to get to that position. You obviously, you, you know, the ideal situation is that you you get through without having to, you know, get that tight. But yeah, you, yeah, you yeah. still you still look at those things, don't you? Because it's it's quite important, that's and a, that's and it can. Was, it, yeah, I mean, I, I knew the, me and the Scottish lad were, you know, he's a good lad, Mark. We are a good he is a nice lad, yeah. Yeah, we we only looked at it probably the last day on the Friday because we knew it was tight and I had a good win against Namibia in the morning and so did and we just looked at it quickly and but at the end of the day, I would have, I would have took just getting through to the stages I suppose um, but it's a bit annoying when but apparently they that was the wrong rules that were up there but you know it's one of those things that's it you just got to get on with it, it was just a it, you yeah, know get on with it, so. you've got to beat everybody but it, you, there's there's certainly easier semi final draws than than hitting the Australian boy on you know on his own patch isn't it really very true yeah watching him obviously when the different group than him so I couldn't really see much of his games because we were all at the same time but you see some of his results and you talk to the other boys that he played like he played Kevin James from uh, Wales and Stephen Conrad and you have a word of him and looking across now and again he was uh, probably the most consistent album which you really imagine which would you expect I suppose but um, yeah unfortunately I just didn't perform for the semi-final I think if I played like I did against maybe Scotland and Malaysia and uh, even probably USA in the playoffs I played really well and uh, just just struggled in the semi-final unfortunately but yeah that's how it goes. Yeah, really unfortunate, mate. But like I say, you've you've come away, especially with the preparation. You've come away with a bronze medal, which is tremendous. And and as always, mate, you've done the country proud. So thanks very much, mate. It's been really nice catching up with you. And um, just I'm sure it'll be interesting for anybody listening just to, to hear what was happening out there. So thanks again, mate. No worries, David. Thank you very much. Not a problem. We'll speak to you soon, Louis. Thanks again. All right, cheers, mate. Take Thank care, you, mate. Bye. Paul yeah. Foster, another win. Yeah, well, I mean, first of all, let's let's say congratulations to Paul. I think it's his third win. Um, great achievement, and and Paul just yet again year in year out just shows the the, the top class bowler that he is. Um, you can only beat what's put out in front of you. So congratulations to Paul. Beat his old mate as well on the way, Alec Marshall. I was our supporter. Yes. Yeah. Um, we, there's no, you know, we all know what Paul and Alex have done together, and. Just you know, with our discussion uh, we had earlier on about playing against your mates, I'm, I'm sure they they switch off and and play each other as a competitor. But um, I don't know what the head to head is between the two of them over the years, but I've got no doubt it's it's pretty close. Um, but yeah, like I say, you've got to beat what's in front of you. And Paul's gone on, and, and by all accounts was absolutely outstanding. I didn't I didn't watch a great deal of it, I must admit. But um, he was supposed to be outstanding all week and a, and a worthy winner. You're kind of not the WBT for the, what they've done to the sport over the last 10, 15 years, the coverage, the introduction into Facebook and what have you. But from me, being a bowler who's watched them for about 10 years, is it not starting to get a feeling of the same old, same old on it? Um, the rankings, for example, um, this year's top 16 rankings, only two have dropped out in three years. Is it, is it, is it hard to get out of the top 16? I'm not criticising anybody who's in, and they all deserve to be in by merits. But this year, the quarterfinals, seven out of eight of the top eight ranked players made it. It's just just got a feeling of a bit same old, same old, mate. Close shop. I think the hardest part is there's only two tournaments currently. Hopefully, there'll be three. I mean, the, the International Open didn't go ahead last year, so you know for the for the lads who are, are out there and and the women who are out there and, and battling through the qualifiers yeah there's a very very limited chance to actually break in there and, and like I say there are players who've done it 
Um, you know, recently, uh, Jamie Chesney, uh, Nicky Brett was probably the most high-profile one that came through the, the PBAs and went on to, to do what Nicky's done. But it's just, it's nothing I've never, ever said to the WBT, who's, you know, who were, who were there. It is just getting to the point where you're looking and people are discussing about how it is the same faces over and over. And, and that, in my opinion, is no way to, to, to sort of drive a new audience. You want different people on there, different characters. Yeah, it is. It is. It does need to freshen up, and I don't know how they go about doing it. I know money's tight, and you know sponsorships are a major thing. But there's so many, so many players out there who really want to achieve, you know, getting onto the portable rink. Um, I just, I think it would be a, a great thing all around if there were different characters and different people, and and other uh, you know a new audience tuning in um and I, I i can only say that as a positive for the wbt I, I don't understand why why it is so limited but it is what it is i've just got to take it for what it is i mean one thing i've said and I, I, again i've always said it openly i'm not saying anything here i'm certainly not you know trying to cause any issues by saying what i'm saying because it's something i've said openly and i just think there's an opportunity there for for any of these players who are qualifying i just think they may only ever get there once and i think there's there's a way to actually give them an experience that they'll never forget i mean yeah, yeah it's a great thing to get there and it's an experience alone just to play on the portal ring and and potentially get on at the tv what i'm sort of saying is it would just let the player walk onto their own choice of music and just give them, you know, the, we keep talking about the darts, but it is, it's like the darts experience. They all walk onto their own anthem and they walk onto their own tune. And I think that as well for the top 16, if they all walked on to a particular piece of music that was relevant to them, the audience would start to relate a little bit more to the players as well. Um, and, and I just I just think it's... Do you it's, think it would work if, if they changed the rankings down to top eight? Or th- would that... And give people like the qualifiers a, a more chance of actually getting to that level. I can't see. I can't see any other way. If there is only going to be two competitions going forward, I can't see any other way of. For me, it could even be four. It could be. It could be your semi-finalists of the two competitions or, or whatever it is. And let everybody else battle out to get there because yeah. you know it's if if there was fifteen twenty tournaments there wouldn't be an issue there'd be a constant turnaround of yeah. of the seedings but because we're limited to two somebody has got to get there qualify and really really pull all the stops out but you could get a lot of stages and possibly still not make the top sixteen um, due to the points and, and it just needs to be looked at it does need to be freshened up and like I say it's not a criticism um, the WBT has done a, a lot of good for the sport we get great sort of publicity and we can watch it on BBC every Christmas. But um, I think there's just there's a lot of people starting to say exactly what you have there. I think it's a bit same old, same old now with the same faces, and we need we do need something different. I think one of the things that stuck in my mind was last year's World Championships. Two lads from from Shields actually qualified for the pairs, and they were absolutely delighted to qualify from the Carlisle area. But when they went down to the Potters, they were pushed out on the bowlers bar. No, no disrespect to the bowlers bar, but they don't get the experience. They are over the moon to qualify. Said right, qualify for World championships by the way you're playing over there it just takes it a bit takes it a bit away yeah i, I know there i know there is restri- probably restricted time scales and what have you but give them the experience even if there's nobody in the stands just just let them give them the experience i'm just playing on that individual ring and, and, and especially more so for the fact if any of those two lads were, were ever qualify again in the singles it just gives them a bit of experience that's on right. the and that's and that's the the hardest thing for qualifiers is they don't get as much time on that surface as what the top 16 do who qualify automatically yeah. so they're on a little bit of a back foot which then makes it twice as hard yeah. to actually get further in the competition to get the points you need your, your top 16 is getting a lot of green space 
and you've got the poor lads coming off. I mean, I watched the lad from Israel um, playing, and he doesn't play much indoors. He did his best. He never let himself down, but you could see he just hasn't got the experience on it. And a long way to come for 30 minutes balls. Absolutely. I think it's a, it's a case of, of watch this space on that one and, and we'll see if anything you know changes in the future. But it, it has been like this for quite a while now and it definitely, in my opinion, just needs it needs a tweak. It needs something just to, to bring a new audience. And there was, there was one thing I'll have to mention. I've mentioned it years before. I tuned in on Tuesday and I seen a balls rink in the middle of a wedding reception because I had them white tablecloths on the tables and I'm going what there was nobody at the tables and I'm looking what's all this about just ditch the tables I know they're getting money in they actually charged they were getting 32 pound or something for a table of four fair enough you're getting the money in but from Joe blogs watching it tuning in seeing tables nah get rid of the tables And I do believe we've had some emails, mate. Yeah, we've got a couple of emails, which is really nice. Like I say, this is this is part of what we're trying to do, and we want people to be involved as well. One of the emails um, was from John Ellensley, and he basically he, he just said he'd listened to the, the show for the first time, really enjoyed it, which is great. Um, and that we'd mentioned about the state of outdoor greens. And he, he's just basically saying, you know, as much as we're trying to progress the image of bowls, local councils are trying to close greens and force clubs into either asset transfer or ultimately closure. Yeah, John, I mean, it is happening. Yeah, we're seeing clubs closing um, on a regular basis. But on the flip side, I think, think we've got a responsibility as bowlers and, and the clubs themselves. We really need to get off our backsides in some respect and actually start to promote our clubs a lot better. We need to, we need to involve the public a lot more. It's not always just about the bowls. It's about getting people through the doors and using the facilities that clubs have got. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I do agree. Obviously, these things are happening but there are ways and means of obviously going about doing this, um, and you know there's a couple of there's a couple of surveys. Um, those who know I, I work for the Boards Development Alliance, and there's a couple of surveys that are out there, um, which is really important for for all bowlers to you know just take take a couple of minutes of your time and get on. You know our funding comes from Sport England, and and a lot of things that happen in clubs and and bits of funding, and and it helps us to be able to help clubs to actually promote and recruit within the club. So it's you know we can we can all sit there and and complain about what councils are doing and complain about what's happening in the sport, but at the same time it's really important from our point of view that we go on there and let people you know let Sport England know what the situation is and and what people are trying to do so there are a couple of surveys that are out at the moment and we, we really want people to get on and, and actually complete these surveys one of them is the national participation survey and the other one is the club inclusion and accessibility survey now both of these links will be on our twitter page and on the facebook page and, and i cannot stress enough please you know take a couple of minutes out of your time massively beneficial for the sport gives the information that they need if they're, if they're not told what the situation is they're not going to do anything about it and and with council cuts etc if there's something going to go and it's not turning in a profit then unfortunately you know these boards clubs are but um yeah we will be putting those on and it will be really appreciated if people could go on and fill those surveys in and, and just pass the word around to everybody in your committee if you've got a committee page or you will really do a power of good for the sport um and i think some people just look at it and and think it'll not go anywhere it'll not be looked at end of the day if we don't do anything the sport will not do it itself you fill out surveys it takes you two minutes come on folks let's get on to it uh the other email we had was from peter tallick who 
was actually at my club at South Shields um, and he basically just put what are your thoughts on the age limit of 25 he personally thinks it's too high and should be 18 or maybe 21 um, to make it a bit more of a, a level playing field for, for some of our junior bowlers so we thought you know that was a very valid question there has been talk recently about um, are they going to raise the under 25 double fours up to under 31s yeah. yeah so that yeah. actually pushes it higher again because they're struggling to get the teams it was 31 when I was a boy absolutely 1984 <laughs> no, I'm being far too kind there 1960 maybe oh. <laughs> but you know we, we read that and we love these emails coming in so what we're going to do Peter rather than answer your question now we think it's a great topic to have on one of our future podcasts so that will be discussed um, in the in the very near future and we will have a discussion about where we where we feel junior balls is and what clubs maybe need to do to obviously try and encourage or, or push the sport forward so thanks very much everybody for your emails it really is appreciated and that's what we're here for um, it's nice to hear from people and once again I just reiterate what uh, Richie said thanks for all the positive comments it's been really nice to read even negative comments we don't mind we'll take everything on board we're not shy we're oh. big lads got broad shoulders Absolutely, and it only helps us to hopefully make the show better as well. Hi, Sophie. How are you? Thank you. Thank you. Right. Yeah, not too bad. Thanks. Appreciate you. Um, appreciate you coming onto the show and uh, having a talk. We just wanted to ask you a couple of questions about Australia, if that's okay. How did it go out there? Um, I think on the whole, um, it, it went well. If it was kind of asked us before we went away if we'd be happy with the medal, obviously we'd have said yes. Um, so really pleased to come back with the medal, but. On the other hand, slightly disappointed to get so close to the gold medal playoff um, and just miss out on a tie break. Um, but yeah, on the whole, very pleased. Under you know, it's like David going out and playing in Australia is difficult. Absolutely. Um, so yeah, yeah, no, it was yeah. As it, promised, we catch up with, with Sophie Tolchard. Well, congratulations on that side. Anyway, I've just been speaking to Louis as well just before yourself, um, and he, he gave me an understanding of obviously what happened out there. And you hit the mm. New Zealand girl in the semi-final, didn't you? And I, I don't think you, you didn't mm. have the best of starts did you in your first game no I didn't and um, didn't get off to a good start I am kind of known for being a bit of a slow starter um, and I played Norfolk Island on sort of day one um, and lost in two sets and then in the afternoon game I had a bye so I kind of didn't really get a chance to get into it really um, and then on day two session one I was playing Australia so it's kind of like hit the ground running yeah <laughs> when I could have just done with a few games and sort of the way it worked out with Louis's group there was obviously um, more men in his kind of um, in his group so after day one he played three games so really you want the games out there because you just want the game time on the green to get into it but obviously yeah kind of turned it around once I played Australia um, I got hammered in the first set I saw um, that but that's the beauty that's, that's the that's the beauty of sets play you can just nick and sort of a, t- a tiebreaker and that's what happened and then I sort of managed to get a bit of form after that and then just kind of kept winning and that kind of thing and that's that's the good thing about big groups that you can afford to lose the odd game here yeah. and there and you always find that somebody kind of ends up beating somebody else and yeah no I was yeah, pleased with it in the end it's brilliant I did I did look at that I must say I was following your results all the time and I saw that you'd only played the one game on the first day and I, and, and I thought uh, I thought the same as what you've just said there because it's um <laughs> A little bit of a double whammy in some respects. You want the time on the green, but also, in in fairness, the Norfolk Islands girl. I've watched her a few times, and she's not the you know she's not a bad player at all. But it, it leaves you sitting sort of bottom of the pile through no choice yeah. of your own, just because you've only had the one game. But um, yeah. but no, did, um, I was speaking to Louis, and he, he said you didn't get a great deal of preparation time out there. Was that the case for yourself as well? Um, I 
went out a little bit before Louis, about sort of four or five days before, just because I wanted to get over the flight and that kind of thing. And I kind of went and visited a few bowling clubs in the area and kind of had a few sort of sort of chucks and that kind of thing. But it's not the same as having a competitive game. No, definitely You know, not. it's like you can keep rolling up and that kind of thing. And we had our official kind of practice day on the Sunday where all the competitors went down to Adelaide. And we sort of went across the greens and sort of rolled up. And then we were competing on monday so really you kind of sort of chuck straight into it you yeah know what it's like <laughs> yeah it's not <laughs> easy and it's like i say it's away. as we were saying with louis yeah. it's it's not easy to adjust to those greens very quickly you know you could you could really do with maybe a couple of weeks in there with a couple of competitive exactly. games in the middle but um but no i mean overall sophie it was it's been really nice to speak i really appreciate you coming onto the podcast um and i'm sure obviously your club with kings um for you and louis i'm sure with the the mightily proud congratulations again on the medal and as I said to Louis you've obviously you've done England proud so thanks very much for coming on I really appreciate it no worries good to speak to you you too Sylvia we'll speak to you soon thanks again take care bye now cheers bye so that's the end of uh, our second podcast and I must admit it's been a, a really good um a good show this one we've like I say thanks to massive thanks to Devon yeah, and yeah, uh yeah. Great thanks as well to Louis Rideout and Sophie Tolchard for taking the time out to, to speak to us on the phone. Um, and yeah, so that's number two done, mate. Number two done, mate. It's getting, it, it's getting a bit easier. Getting a bit longer. <laughs> <laughs> that's the podcast. Absolutely. <laughs> <Hey>. <laughs> boom, boom. <laughs> One thing I will say just before we finish is... Just remember, this is called a bowls podcast, so we're not just, you know, there is plenty of formats of bowls. There's short mat, there's carpet bowls, there's patank. Any format of bowls, we're more than, you know, we're more than happy to discuss if you can provide us anything that you'd like us to discuss. Um, if you do, by all means, drop us an email and we'll happily read out any results, discuss your club, promote your club, whatever it is. So thanks again, everybody, for listening. Thanks, Thank you for listening and hope you've enjoyed the show. This has been a dodgy production.